All right, everyone, welcome to the first POV Crypto Podcast. My name is David Hoffman, and here is my buddy Christian Corollas. Christian, you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going, David? Christian uh, in San Francisco right here. Um, I actually, last last week, I was lucky enough to actually hang out with David. First time in a long time. Where are you reporting from, David? I'm here in Seattle, Washington. Got two crypto hotspots in North America, Seattle and San Francisco. Um, so, Christian, what do you do in the, uh, the, in the crypto space? Yeah, uh, so I do media and partnerships for our uh, sales and partnerships for uh, Bitcoin Media or BTC Media. And, uh, you know, essentially what we do is uh, we are a cryptocurrency media company. We have events. We have news website, um, which is uh, BitcoinMagazine.com. And we have podcasts, Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network. Um, so some really uh, famous shows on there, Epicenter, Let's Talk Bitcoin, Tatiana Show. Um, so, yeah, I'm full-time in crypto, and so is David. What do you do? Uh, so I work for New Alchemy. We are an ICO uh, advisory and consulting service, as well as a uh, smart contract auditing um, company. Uh, our founder, Peter Vesnes, uh, is an early, early Bitcoin guy, um, and he created New Alchemy in the hopes to um, just be a reputable company in the world of uh, ICO consulting and um, just general crypto uh, services. Uh, so the company was founded uh, earlier in 2017, I think. Um, we have a, cu- a couple of big projects out there. Aeon is a, is one of ours, not one of our internal projects, but one of our uh, uh, clients, Funfair as well. Um, we also did Metronome not too long ago. Uh, so some pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Um, yeah, that's about it. Christian, nice. how'd, you, how'd you get started in crypto? Uh, yeah, so... I was kind of really getting into personal finance, got pretty obsessed with like saving the credit card game, um, you know, investing, that kind of stuff. And then um, last year, a good friend of mine was like, have you invested in Bitcoin yet? And I was like, well, you know, I kind of heard about Bitcoin and ICOs and whatever, but um, no, I haven't done anything yet. So then I checked it out and, you know, it was like the stars had aligned uh, my interest in personal finance and um and saving and money and technology just all kind of you know worked out to like you know know, my mind was really quite blown the weekend i looked it up and you know after about four days research i you know bought about 500 dollars worth of bitcoin and you know the rest is history been pretty obsessed with it since quit my job got a bitcoin job it's awesome how about you uh, so I was on my way to uh, physical therapy school, um, about to undergo a significant amount of debt, and I just started scrambling for some ways to do some make some passive income. Uh, and that was in the summer of 2017 when this this massive uh, uh, you know hype started generating, and the gaming communities on the internet were very very upset about the uh, GPU prices and. I realized that I had a GPU, and if people are mining cryptocurrencies with these GPUs, that means I can do that. And so I started experimenting with that, and uh, next thing you know, I had invested a couple thousand dollars into a couple mining computers and started mining Ethereum, and then I realized I need to know what the hell I'm doing, Um, and so I started researching cryptocurrency, and I have not stopped researching cryptocurrency uh, since that that moment. Um, So it's been... 
almost a year now, actually, now that I think about it, uh, that I have been mining Ether and also uh, just learning everything I can about the uh, cryptocurrency space. So Christian, this is the uh, POV point of view uh, crypto podcast. What do you think we're trying to do here with this uh, podcast? What are our goals? Yeah, um, so this is like round five, actually, but I think this is the the time that we we actually do this podcast, right? Um, But David and I have been talking podcasts and talking crypto for a long time, and uh, you know we both have, uh, I would say, our point of views um, kind of align with specific ideologies in the space, and uh, they're conflicting at times. So it's uh, pretty interesting to kind of have debates, and you know we figured that an audio podcast would be a better format. Um, to get those debates recorded and shared, um, both of us work in the industry full time now. Um, so you know, David literally researches <laughs> for his job. So they pay him to sit on his computer and research. Um, my job is a little bit a little bit different. I, uh, I'm talking to industry folks, going to networking events. Uh, David's company sponsored our last conference uh, last week, so I was hanging out with him, networking, all that kind of stuff. So I think we we bring a interesting perspective as well as there's just not that many shows that you know it's either you know pro libertarian Bitcoin sound money or it's very pro technology block uh, you know tokens and blockchain. So um, there's not very very many shows that have the balance there, and you know it's not like one side is 100% right. So I think we both agree on that. Certainly, certainly. And I do have to say that the my first entrance into crypto, I did start to fall in love with the uh, crypto anarchist libertarian um, ideal that is presented by um, not even just Bitcoin people, but just what cryptocurrency has to offer as a whole. I think that's, that's cryptocurrency fundamentally has some sort of uh, libertarian anarchy kind of built into it. Uh, but you know, when, when some people hear the word anarchy, they think total chaos, but that's, what's so cool is it's anarchy governed by code, which is a totally different type of anarchy. It's just a governance by code, which is a form of governance. And so it's not total chaos. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I think I mostly agree. Um, so it's uh, and that's why personally I'm not a big fan of like the attempts to bring democracy to the blockchain because I think that defeats the whole purpose of we are moving beyond democracy as a form of consensus. Um, we're doing it with uh, you know blockchain and proof of work or whatever other consensus mechanism we're trying to uh, use to coordinate us. Okay, well there's there's something to say there. So democracy could be. If it's part of the code, then it's democracy without government. So that's, I think, the unique factor about this. So these these self-governing protocols like Tezos, which just went live not too long ago, um, and then EOS debatably has some sort of um, some form of on-chain governance as with that constitution that they have. But it's actually there's no actual government. So there it is it is on-chain governance that pr- provides some sort of a level of democracy and choice. Um, but it is, I would say, a step towards, you know, crypto anarchy, libertarianism, because there's actually no like uh, there's no elections. Uh, well, I guess there is with EOS, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's of a different nature with it being from the code. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we could argue about this topic forever. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily what we want to talk about the whole show. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about the market a little bit. Um, 
finally uh, green across the board. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. how, how you feeling? What are you looking at? What's interesting to you? Yeah, it's interesting seeing uh, the Bitcoin kind of leading the game here. Um, today is July the twenty fourth, and Bitcoin for uh, a while, for the mo- the whole market for a while, has been doing a bunch of um, up and down, up and down inside of a channel. Um, generally, sideways and down. <laughs> so, yeah, sideways and down, depending on the, on your time frame. The shorter time frame of about three months has been sideways, but the longer time from frame of seven months has been bad obviously um but from uh the start of july july has been hugely bullish we're in three weeks of a, of a bull market um and so we have this kind of new channel and this new upward channel which is pretty interesting um does that is still contained within the greater bigger channel of the downward bear market uh so we have some uh some uh some decisions to make as to where this market wants to go yeah um david thank you for the for the ta there i'm what kind of what i'm looking at if i'm zooming out looking at the top and then to now i'm looking at you know a very aggressive down and then a light like a less vertical kind of like a more uh shallow um downward trend and then kind of builds back up and then now it's even more shallow um so i could see another down spike some bear pressure but it seems like we're getting to like a uh a very horizontal, uh, potentially a time for reversal, but we don't know. To be honest, I'm enjoying the cheap Bitcoin, so I'm not super mad. I'm very long-term bullish, so uh, this is not really shaking me out by any means. Uh, is eight thousand really all that cheap, though? Eight thousand still pretty expensive. I mean, yeah, it depends on the time true. frame. I would, I would like to go back to much cheaper Bitcoin, but I can say that when uh, the cheap prices presented themselves, I uh, definitely took advantage. There's plenty of documentation about that in our group chat. So, uh, you know, I'm not one of those guys that was like, man, I wish it was back at 8K. And then when it was back at 8K, I was like, I'll buy when it's at 10K. No, been buying the dip, sometimes <laughs> catching the knives. But hey, hollers got to do what hollers got to do. When you buy a dip, you always end up buying a knife because you never, ever catch the bottom. So it's really just a matter of how big of a knife did you catch. Um so, you know, it's it, no one ever gets it perfectly. Well, I guess somebody does by default, but... <laughs> I've got some knives, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, catching a knife isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just, did you do it right? Yeah, I mean, I think I did it all right, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, how you feeling about the Ethereum chart right now? Uh, so it's it has this uh, floor that seems pretty solid against Bitcoin, but it's resting on the floor, which, you know, could always uh, leave a lot to be desired. Um, the floor with the US dollar is a lot more solid. You can just, um, you don't even need to draw a line. You can just see it in the chart. Um, ever since February of uh, 2017, it has been on a very steady increase up. Um, so that's kind of why I've thought that this this market is a little bit more rational is because so many cryptocurrencies are resting on this floor that they've uh, historically had for over a year now. The dollar um, floor. The dollar floor, yes, the dollar floor. Um, uh, so that's that's definitely very interesting to watch. Uh, I always, during the, the bull market, and you can probably uh, have some, you probably likely have some similar stories. Um, I tried my hand at trading and you know, it's just not for me. I, I just 
get way too stressed out and <laughs> you're way like, better at me <laughs> i get i get lucky i i got lucky is the thing is but uh i, I made plenty of you know micro trades some like scalper trades that i obviously didn't communicate in crypt chat just because like i'm not going to tell every single trade that i ever do but uh after some self-reflection i realized that all those like micro trades definitely like if you aggregated all of those together probably a, a big loss over time uh but since it was in the months of of the the second half of 2017 like there were a few very large saving graces that that were lucky lucky for me Rayblox being one of them XRB baby Yeah Rayblox Rayblox when it was XRB um and then also Bitcoin Cash before the uh the flipping that never happened uh I, I remember also, that also that IOTA night. That first pump, me and you were on the phone together, and you had it all on Bitcoin Cash, and then you flipped it at, almost at the top. That was awesome. After after the top, right as fucking uh, Bitrex crashed, and then I I waited for it with my heart thumping for it to come back online, and as soon as it did, I sold, and I could I mean I could have sold a lot higher, but I sold high enough. Yeah, I mean so. Awesome. Playing so the second cash for, for for more for cheaper Bitcoin. Yeah. It's a good strategy uh-huh. by my book. Mm-hmm. Well played. Um, yeah, that that right, was kind of changing directions. Uh, Want to talk a little bit something? So we both were part of like this 2017 2018 brain drain into crypto. I've definitely noticed it and like get all these announcements on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, what's your kind of perspective on on this brain drain? And how do you feel being a part of it? How do you feel like working in crypto? Brain drain, do you mean like uh, just a, a bunch of people bailing out of their jobs and moving into crypto? Yeah, exactly. All the talent from other places, finance, physical therapy, sales, whatever, <laughs> finding crypto, crypto jobs. Well, you're, you and I are actually the only two people I know uh, on, a, on an intimate level that, that left their whatever they were doing to go into crypto. Um, but I do see on a much uh, broader level that everyone knows what crypto is now. After 2017, like very, a lot of people vacated their jobs and got into crypto because it's such a uh, a, uh, uh, a rapturing industry. It's like people who are in crypto are in crypto, and they love to talk about it because they're likely like the one of only one of maybe two or three people that they know that can talk about it. And so like, they don't have anyone to talk about it to. I've definitely experienced that with my family. Yeah. I actually bought my parents a ledger recently. So I'm about to go through that with them. Nice. Oh, good luck. That's going to be a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. I tried to show my mom once and she was just like, wait, what's the seed phrase? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's interesting to see it. <laughs> I see people, I live in Seattle, so it's kind of a crypto hotspot, but I see people on the bus, like pull out their Coinbase app and I pull, pull out their Robinhood app and look at the crypto charts. And there was one time I was, uh, I was at, at a lecture and I pulled out my laptop to do some work and some guy behind me like looked at my laptop screen and immediately started talking crypto to me. Um, like people, the people that are out there are trying to talk about this more and that's kind of, uh, Something that I always include in my like fundamental analysis of the markets is like everyone who's in crypto is super hard into crypto. So like, what are we uh, what are we looking at here? Uh, I mean, it's nothing about the it's protocol. A cult. It's, 
It's a cult, but it's a cult that like once cult. you get in it, you don't leave, and then you only get more people into it. So you know, it's, it's a Ponzi scheme cult. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's true. It is. It is definitely not a Ponzi scheme, but certainly a cult. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a big subscriber of the honey badger meme. So the idea is that Bitcoin is the honey badger, and uh, once you hear about it, you can't unhear about it, and it feeds on your greed. And your greed brings you in and, um, you know, gets you started on the the crypto path. And it's just, you know, it's it, it's impossible to escape its grasp. So I thought the honey badger meme was like an anti-fragile meme. I, I thought that's what that was. It's It essentially means that, like, everything is good for Bitcoin. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> Bitcoin there, is just a honey badger. And it, and it just, you know, <laughs> it doesn't care about your business. doesn't care about whatever. doesn't care if you get wrecked just gonna suck up all the money you don't get wrecked if you don't sell that Depends is true what you don't sell <laughs> yeah that's true you could be all the way wrecked yeah you could be all the way wrecked well if you're not wrecked when you bought bitcoin and you had your finances in order then you can't get wrecked if you don't sell that's what i meant to say okay wait so i want to talk about something different um i'm a very conservative investor what do you think is the best, like, let's just say we're not going to be traders. What what would you say you think is, like, the best investment strategy or the safest or, you know? Uh, specifically to cryptocurrency? Yeah. Well, I have a much more diversified portfolio than you do. I can guarantee you that. Um, uh, I pull a lot of different bits of information from uh, people who have been in the world of money much longer than I have. Um, so I, I, I take like what other people say and I kind of amalgamate them. Uh, like uh, Mike Novogratz, who's a big macro, macro investor, knows way more than I do. And he has some, what I think is some, some good things to say about different projects, such as pay attention to the projects that fundraise a bunch of money because that's just a big war chest. So we're talking EOS, Tezos. I don't have any Tezos, but I do have some EOS. Um, Ethereum has a bunch of money uh, with the Ethereum Foundation and just giving away money as, as grants for people to build on their projects. So people who are doing stuff like that, that's that's important to, to pay attention to. Um, so I, I think investing in projects that have a good war chest is, I think, a pretty safe strategy. Interesting. I mean, I mostly invest in Bitcoin, so that's kind of the opposite. But there are lots of Bitcoin whales that I've experienced the most appreciation of any token so it's not like bitcoin hat doesn't have you know it's not like bitcoin doesn't have uh you know friends in high places yeah it's um, a different kind of war chest because you don't need to generate funds yeah uh-huh. <laughs> it's a decentralized war, war chest yeah i don't know uh I, I i think that the best thing about investing in crypto in general is the fact that we're still so early that you can invest a very small amount and then expose yourself to incredible, you know, incredible opportunity and topside with a very small downside. Um, so I mean, it d- depends on on the time frame. Um, there, I've heard a, a bunch of people talking about how uh, the longest time frame. The, oh yeah, on the longest time frame. Sure, yeah. sure. Like a retirement fund. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, invest. It's like $100 put a thousand dollars now and just chill. Yeah, and then retire. You don't have to do worry a lot. free at seventy, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and you know if it fails, you lost a thousand bucks. You know it's really very little downside. So 
Um, when people just like you know put too much in, too greedy, get wrecked. Like I feel like they didn't do it right. You know, putting yourself putting yourself in position to get wrecked, you're not doing it right. The only people that have gotten wrecked is are the people today are the people that bought in December, January and bought too much. Granted, you could have bought at like the Mount Gox bubble and done the same thing, but if you had just held it, you wouldn't be wrecked anymore, but you might have just gone through a couple years of uh, discomfort. So crypto, if crypto repeats itself, no one gets wrecked if you hold. Yeah, but a lot, again, like <laughs> a lot of people can't afford to hold. Like they have to sell to pay to pay their bill or whatever. So, you know, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? You got to feed the kids. So don't, pull, <laughs> don't put the do money you, for the kids. Do you into the Bitcoin fund, you know? Could sell the kids, buy more Bitcoin. <laughs> then you don't have to feed in them. In some countries, in some countries. That's a viable strategy. Anything in the news that's interesting? Uh, I'm waiting for actual an actual product to come out of EOS, so nothing about that. Uh, let's see. What is what is the latest thing that happened in the news? Uh, probably, it's probably all about, about Coinbase. Yeah, the ETF on Bitcoin and, and Coinbase taking uh, uh, or providing custodianship for institutional services. Um, so, did you know that Robinhood does all their stuff via Coinbase? Really? So that means that coin that Coinbase already supports Dogecoin as from a custodial perspective. Wait, how does this work? Because so, Robinhood has way more tokens than Coinbase does. No, that means to Coinbase will support all of those. Those are all Coinbase institutional custodially provided. And they release them when Coinbase allows them. So why are um, why can Robinhood host coins that Coinbase... Well, so Coinbase allows for full custody on their trading platform. So they can update their own trading front end on their own but Robinhood doesn't even allow for trade doesn't even allow for you to take custody it only allows you to get exposure so they essentially use coinbase's cold storage hold everything there and then they kind of like sell it in you know systematically or buy systematically to to balance their books but everyone that's trading internally is just trade you know you can't pull your doge or your btc or whatever off of Robinhood app it's all in cold storage. You just get exposure. You can't actually get the crypto out. So on Coinbase's end, they can have the back end under the cold storage or the custody aspect. Robinhood can give you exposure via their product. But if Coinbase wants to support those products, you know, at least Coinbase right now, they have to build out a wallet. They have to build out, you know, actual asset transfer. They have to be able to send the asset, you know, as soon as you want to export it or, you know, whatever. So that's a lot more work. Rob Robinhood doesn't even allow you to do any of that stuff. It's just, it's just exposure. That's a big shame because I thought Robinhood was shaping up to be a Coinbase competitor. Nope. Robinhood is essentially Coinbase's way of making money and it, actually expanding its market without wow. having to do as much work. Wow. Man, Coinbase just eating people up alive. They're Dude, just I could see the ETF based on Coinbase's, uh, Coinbase's custody. Yeah, so... I mean, who else is going to do it? This is one thing I was going to bring up is, uh, you know, people 
I've heard some people say that, you know, Coinbase uh, providing institutional custodianship, that's pretty sweet. But institutions aren't going to jump at the f- only uh, when there's only one uh, custodian in the space. They're not going to go for that. They're going to wait for well, competition to come. There's like three or one four. legitimate one. But so Gemini's doing some custody. Um, Bit, uh, BitGo is working on a custody play. There's Kingdom Trust. Yeah, they're going to wait for like JP Morgan to do a, co- a custody thing or any of these like non-crypto companies to provide services. Something with a name People brand. That are not expert, <laughs> People that are not experts in custody of digital bear assets. Yeah, but I don't think that actually, I mean, it matters a little bit. Well, think but... about it this way. Robinhood's already using Coinbase custody. What if a new business that wants to give you exposure to like, yeah, you Yeah, but know, Robinhood's sort of made by a bunch of millennials. There's a lot of companies that are made by millennials. Yeah, but not not like the institutions that we that everyone is talking about getting into crypto. Th- those in- institutions want a a a trusted name that that wasn't generated, you know, after 2013. Honey badger don't care. Well, the you're, the institutions aren't the honey badger. No, no, Bitcoin's a honey badger. Well, we're talking about in- institutions. Yeah, I know, but they get FOMO too. And I don't think they too. do. I Circle think they... is pl- Circle is Poloniex, aka, uh, or sorry, Circle is uh, Goldman Sachs, and they're doing custody and brokerage. Okay, yeah. So that 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 they're doing custody too. Yeah. And they're doing a stable coin. Circle USD. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Right. It's basically the alternative to Tether, except it's transparent, right? I think the the USD backed alternative to, te- to Tether are better than like programmatic stable coins in the short term yeah so long as it's transparent it's like open source too so like you can uh if you're a bank you can get into the uh, the you can enter like a, an account with the uh with the circle stable coin and and start you know creating your own issuing your own tokens based on backings of dollars that you put into your account is that is that your understanding of the project I mean, the way that Tether works is you have a bank account that goes into like tether.com or whatever, and you can do an ACH that way, and then they print tethers for you. Oh, right. So basically the same thing. But so, uh, the Circle one is supposed to be transparent. Yeah, Circle is supposed to be transparent. True USD is supposed to be transparent. Um, Stably is like all of those guys are be like, we do exactly what Tether does, except we are not sketchy. <laughs> that, that's the whole value prop. <laughs> So that kind of brings us to the question of uh, state-sponsored cryptocurrencies because, I mean, if, if more highways are coming from fiat to banks to cryptocurrencies, it's just a matter of time before, you know, the, the Fed makes the Fed coin, which I think will be great because there will be no, no bigger artery of value coming out of the fiat market into the crypto market than a, a federally sponsored cryptocurrency or not even with it with the american federal reserve but other other uh, countries federal reserve as well i totally agree like right now one of the biggest things that are in the way is literally companies that are trying to funnel fiat into crypto can't get bank accounts so imagine if you don't need a bank account anymore you just have fed crypto so super bullish on fed crypto um, do you know who Simon Dixon is? 
He is like the main guy at Bank to the Future, and he has invested in like Bitfinex. Like he's invested in like all the early crypto startups. Um, very very wealthy man. Um, all of his speaking is super good. You should look him up, Simon Dixon. Um, but he talks about the idea of a of a dollar backed stablecoin as being revolutionary for governments that can't pin their currency. Um, effectively, or governments that are dependent on like the euro or the pound or whatever, is that they don't need to be dependent on that. They can have their own bank account on their own country with their jurisdiction that holds dollars, and they can print their stable coin based off of that or whatever um, backing they want to use. So um, he kind of talks about the idea of Fed back stable coins being huge for kind of these smaller cu- countries. They're trying to base it off of the U.S. or another established currency without being subject to the U.S. or other or other you know large governments. I would imagine a less reputable country would claim that they have dollars and just be another tether and just print their cryptocurrency. Yeah, but the market gives tether that faith. I don't know if the market will necessarily give that country that faith. True. Um, yeah, that's a good question as to why the market trusts Tether so much. Because it is Cause the do. most, it is the most stable cryptocurrency. There's actually no reason why it needs to stay as at a dollar apart from other people's perceptions. Yeah, no one's like it's not like exchanges are programmatically pinning it to a dollar. It goes below and above, but the market when it goes below, the market will buy it, and when it goes above, people sell it, and they keep it at a dollar. That has to be botted. That's probably why it's so stapled. It's because bots are written for it. Because there's such high liquidity on Tether. That's probably Maybe. why. Also, it's part of a Tether money laundering scheme, going pumping it into EOS. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Tether money laundering scheme is pretty interesting. It might be just the greatest heist of all time that they're probably going to get away with. So for people who don't know, the conspiracy theory is that Tether was... Uh, had more tether printed than they actually had U.S. dollar in reserves, uh, and so like they had, like in the in the height of the bull market, they almost they had over a billion tether uh, printed, and no one actually thought that they had those in reserves. And so the theory is that they used that tether to buy Bitcoin, pump up the price up to 20k or whatever, and then sell the Bitcoin to start actually having the the funds that they needed to back up um back up the tether uh so it's pretty ingenious and they have the money now (laughs) yeah they have it now so they're now they're legit but you know they just printed themselves a bunch of money done with the government it's not even the government though down with regulations well, no regulations would have stopped that if they had been audited. Can't stop it. <laughs> All right, moving on. What's, what do you want your last topic to be? Yeah, honestly, last topic will end at the perfect time, so good job. Um, I don't know. Ooh, uh, interesting. So I was talking to a friend. Uh, he's actually the owner of um what's the website called it's called block moto you should check it out block m-o-d-o.com um it's live streaming of 
just all crypto information. So like crypto YouTube, different currencies, FX, top gainers, biggest losers. And the difference between this and other sites is that this is 100% streamed data directly from uh, directly from the exchange. So the exchange APIs are streaming directly to this rather than like what other websites do is they just pull information over time and they like, you know, duo polls. This is like live streaming the information. So it's like super, super accurate. But yeah, I was talking to him, the, the you know, the CEO of this company. Uh, he's, you know, been an entrepreneur before. He's very well connected in Silicon Valley. He was telling me for sure, Facebook coin is happening. Facebook token is happening. He has friends at Facebook. They already have blockchain guys working. For sure, Facebook token is happening. Reaction. Do, do we know it's a token? And because like they could be working on blockchain infrastructure and not need a token. No, he so said like, that they're making Facebook token. Okay, what the hell is it gonna do? Incentivize you on Facebook, like Steam. Okay, so why does it have value? I don't know. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not saying it's the best thing. It has value because of Facebook. I don't know. Oh, that's but, pretty. That's pretty insane. But, but what are your thoughts? Reaction? Bullish? I mean, bearish. if it Is if it's crazy. Facebook Facebook token. Are they making their own blockchain for it? Like, I have Let's so many questions. Face coin. Face, <laughs> face coin. I mean, I, I I'm willing to bet that face coin will be equally successful or unsuccessful irregardless of whether it's on an actual blockchain or not they should just like call it, it, Facebook it could have been points. yeah exactly and then host it on the database i'm i'm willing to bet that unless they want to like connect it to ethereum for some reason or or what i mean we don't know anything until we actually get the details maybe they'll release a white paper i doubt it god that would be uh, so lame i'm sorry white be... papers are really lame i mean they started cool now they're overdone. Yeah, it was now cool. they're cool they pitch decks. Yeah, it, it was cool when it was like, you know, avant-garde. A, a proof. Now it's just like, shut the fuck up. Like, get yeah. your white paper out of here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you summarize that? I prefer pitch deck. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what the, they are nowadays, is they're pitch decks instead of like Bitcoin. The Bitcoin white paper was a proof. The Ethereum white paper was a proof. And now we've moved into... Um, you know, here's the market that we're going to disrupt. And I'm like, dude, like Bitcoin hasn't even started disrupting banks. You're not disrupting anytime, anytime soon, anything, anytime soon. Like crypto is yeah. still not here yet. We have a while. <laughs> there's, there's some pretty funny people I follow on Twitter that <laughs> they literally just tweet bearish news. <laughs> it's really funny. I was like, man, you guys live in a tough existence. Yeah. Well, it's probably good. So, reaction to Facecoin? Uh, well, it's validating. In your Facecoin. My, in my opinion, I think that's a good thing because people are going to, you know... Oh, the, the crypto market will fucking explode when Facebook releases news on that. What's more bullish, Bitcoin ETF or Facecoin? Uh, if, if it's legit... If Facecoin is like a legitimate product that has real value, then Facecoin. Just because it, it just is it, Facebook is, Facecoin is paid good for Bitcoin. It's, it's good for cryptocurrency, is what I'm saying. Okay. So yes, by proxy, it's good for Bitcoin, which is a cryptocurrency. Okay. 
All right. Any closing statements? Bye, Bitcoin. Bye, crypto. All right. This was fun. All right. Signing off. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. When the blue gold dries in the back of your mind, sniff the glue, hold your breath and fade It's up for you to decide